I can feel it, um, but I'm not sure I like what I feel, um, given, <laughs> given what happened in New Hampshire yesterday. I'm Tavis Smiley, and I'm glad to have you tuned in to our program. What an amazing hour we just um, uh, just experienced, and I look forward to uh, another great hour uh, right about now. Two conversations uh, in this hour, in fact, on the B side of this hour, a visit with Millennial Powerhouse Rena Shaw about navigating the Washington, D.C. power maze advising Fortune 500s and shaping national narratives as a political strategist, media commentator, and social entrepreneur. Uh, we'll talk to, uh, to Rena about a number of things, including news that just broke today, that Jon Stewart is coming back to uh, The Daily Show. I guess he wants some of this, uh, this, uh, this political stuff uh, this season. It's going to be really interesting. It already is. Uh, and so Jon Stewart is coming back. I'm not sure it's permanent, but he's coming back uh, in this political season to retake his seat at the daily show uh so a lot of news to talk to uh to Rena about uh on the back side of this hour but i am delighted it's been too long since i talked to him uh but i'm delighted to once again be in dialogue with uh, secretary leon panetta it's not often that you get a chance to talk to a former white house chief of staff and a former secretary of defense not to mention being in congress and some of the other things he's done in his career but just imagine in your career you've been secretary of defense and a White House Chief of Staff. I'm delighted to talk to Leon Panetta. Mr. Panetta, how are you today, sir? I'm doing great, Travis. How are you doing? Man, I'm, if I complained, I'd be an ingrate. It's good to hear your voice again. Uh, let me start, as always, by saying thank you for your service down through the years, and thank you again for always taking our phone call uh, and coming on when I want to talk to somebody of your stature. And I want to talk to somebody of your stature right now because I need you uh, to tell me that we're going to be all right <laughs> when I look at well, I look at New Hampshire. Uh, they've all tried, and Donald Trump apparently is going to run the table. Uh, I don't need to say much more to you. How do you read this American, this unique uh, and interesting American moment that we find ourselves in, sir? Well, it's uh, obviously of, uh, of great concern. Uh, I think uh, those of us who love our country and love our democracy uh, and really believe in what this country is all about, uh, you know, it's uh, it's it's very difficult to imagine that uh, uh, that a former president who uh, you know basically tried to inspire an insurrection at the U.S. Capitol and destroy our democracy uh, is now uh, back in the mix. Uh, somebody who's denied uh, the uh, election uh, that uh, the election results continues to deny those election results and uh, you know i i think it it says a lot uh, right now about america in terms of you know being concerned about uh, our democracy uh, there are a lot of people that are frustrated and angry i you know i tell students at our institute that in a democracy we govern either by leadership or crisis mm. and if leadership is not there, then we'll tend to govern by crisis. And I think what's happening in New Hampshire, what's happening in the election, is an indication that people uh, are angry at what's going on in our democracy. The institute he references is the Panetta Institute. We'll talk about that and the work they do there later in this conversation. Uh, but let me just pause for a second um, because um, you said something now that I want to give you a chance to unpack right quick. Um, and that is that you are expressing, obviously, some concern about the fragility of our democracy in this particular moment. So you, you look at this guy, to your point, <clears throat> a former president who was involved in an insurrection, tried to overthrow the government, and yet everybody, not everybody, but many of the people running who have run against him have gotten out of the race and endorsed him. Most recently, Ron DeSantis, Tim Scott come to mind. 
say nothing of all the folk in New Hampshire, Iowa, and elsewhere who have and will vote for this guy. What does it say to you about our democracy that there is a significant number of fellow citizens who would vote for a former president when the evidence suggests that that former president tried to overthrow the U.S. government, was involved in insurrection, and yet that does not stop them from supporting his candidacy? How do you read that? Well, Tavis, uh, you know, I've often said that in my uh, over 50 years of public service, uh, I've seen uh, democracy uh, in Washington at its best, and I've seen uh, Washington at its worst. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, the good news is I've seen democracy work. I've seen Republicans and Democrats who are willing to sit down and work together and try to solve the problems facing our country. And I was was there when... uh, when, frankly, uh, the system worked, uh, and you could work together, and you could solve problems. Um, but for uh, the last few years, uh, you know, we've seen dysfunction in Washington. We've seen a divided Washington uh, unable to come together and to solve problems. And uh, I think there, there's a price to be paid when that happens, and the price is you begin to lose the trust of the American people uh, in our system of governing. And I, I think... There's a lot of that going on. People are angry. People are frustrated. Uh, and they're prepared to uh, vote for somebody like Trump just to blow up the system mm-hmm. uh, and be able to shake it up. And uh, unfortunately, you know, what we need right now more than anything is leadership, people that uh, are willing to to do what is right, uh, to try to make sure that our country uh, abides by its constitution, that we abide by the rule of law, that we abide by free and fair elections, and that we're willing to say the truth. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're dealing with a, a candidate in Trump who doesn't abide by any of those mm-hmm. very important qualities that we need in a president. When we come forward, I want to talk about leadership. You mentioned the Panetta Institute, and that's what you all do there. I want to talk about leadership, and i got a couple of questions specifically just about that uh, and the kind of uh, leadership we need in this moment in this country. We're talking to uh, Leon Panetta, a former White House Chief of Staff, former Secretary of the Defense Department, former member of Congress, former, 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 and now running the Panetta Institute. He's a brilliant guy, and I'm glad to have him on. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. Tavis Smiley. Ranked number 45 on the heavy hundred list of the 100 most important radio talk show hosts in America. Helping to make you the most knowledgeable person in your circle of friends. This is Tavis Smiley. Tavis Smiley and Secretary Leon Panetta, former Secretary of the Defense Department, former White House Chief of Staff, former member of Congress, now running the Panetta Institute. Uh, Let me just jump right to this um, uh, quickly. And that is your, 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 I'm curious as to your critique, um, your critique of American political leadership in Washington right now. Well, it, it you know, it's, it speaks for itself. As, as I said, I, I tell these students that uh, in our democracy, we govern either by leadership or by crisis. Mm-hmm. Uh, if leadership is there and willing to work together, uh, to try to solve the problems facing our country, uh, we can avoid crisis. But if that leadership is not there, then we'll govern by crisis. And very frankly, Washington right now governs by crisis. Uh, they can't deal with a budget. 
So they passed these uh, continuing resolutions. Mm -hmm. That's just a Band-Aid. Just kick the can down the road. They can't deal with immigration reform and the challenges of that. They can't deal with the whole issue of providing a supplemental that will help Ukraine, help Israel, uh, help Taiwan. Uh, They're bogged down. And so what you're seeing right now is uh, a Washington that's gripped by crisis and gridlock. Mm. Um, the obvious question, um, given that you uh, uh, have been a White House chief of staff, um, so you know what they're what they're trying to navigate right now. What's what's your view of what Biden has been able to accomplish? Uh, and if I read the polls and surveys and studies, why he's not getting credit for whatever he's been able to do? Well, I you know I've known uh, Joe Biden for over forty years, uh, and uh, you know. Joe understands how Washington's supposed to work. He, he's been there uh, when Washington did work. Uh, and as a matter of fact, as president, uh, did a pretty good job in trying to work together to develop bipartisan approaches to uh, dealing with uh, our economy, with our infrastructure, uh, dealing with climate change. I mean, he, you know, he really has made an effort to try to make, uh, make government work. Uh, the problem is that... Uh, Presidents can't do it without a leadership in Congress. And right now you've got a House of Representatives that's a catastrophe because uh, they can't get their act together. Uh, they don't know what they want to support. They're talking about trying to do something on immigration reform. But when it comes to cutting a deal, uh, a lot of them are saying, well, maybe we shouldn't agree on anything, but rather just have an issue to have in the election. So that that's the kind of terrible uh, leadership that uh, is there right now. And so, you know, if, if our system is going to work, people have to recognize that they're elected to govern this country and to solve problems, not to just kick the other side in the rear end. Speaking of solving problems, um, give me, give me your, your, your earnest view. I mean, I, I, I hear you, uh, 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 framing these things um, in the way that you do, but I, but I, I want to press on this though. Um, let me just ask you. I just ask you point blank: um, How fragile do you think our democracy is? And, I, and I'm, I'm pausing because I know that people who've served in government the way you do oftentimes don't want to give you a real transparent answer, <laughs> even if they believe that our that our that our democracy is hanging on hanging over a cliff. They won't do that because they're going to be quoted somewhere saying that. But 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 I, I'm I'm really pressing sincerely on what you make not just of our politics but the state of our democracy. Well, I, I I'm I'm very concerned about the the state of our democracy, mm-hmm. um, and um, I think you know the the biggest example of that was uh, on January sixth when uh, a mob attacked the U.S. Capitol and brought our democracy to a halt. My mm-hmm. God, mm-hmm. if people don't understand how fragile our democracy is, all they have to look is at that situation where a mob attacked the United States Capitol uh, and brought our democracy to a halt. So it is fragile. And and, and yet uh, the strength of our system is it's dependent uh, on people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the the, the Constitution starts with the words, we the people, and we are the ultimate check uh, in, our, in our democracy. I mean, we've been through over 200 years of crisis, but somehow we've always been able to survive. I, and I think we will again. But it's going to take uh, 
we the people coming together, uh, casting our votes, being part of democracy, doing our duty to democracy, uh, and, and making sure that we elect people who understand that their responsibility is to govern, not to just pound their shoe on the table. Well, that's the scary part, back to what we talked about earlier. When there are 70-plus million people, whatever Donald Trump got last time, when there are 70-plus million people who are prepared to vote for a guy who, who to your point, was working to overthrow that government, um, that's the scary part. Uh, and obviously they don't speak for everybody, but that's a lot of American citizens. That's a lot of fellow citizens who are prepared, uh, again, to vote for someone who has uh, uh, engaged in uh, that kind of insurrection. It's scary. I'll leave it there for the, for the, for the moment, but that, that's what I was pressing toward earlier when I talked about uh, how how, um, how you read this moment that we're in. Let me, let me pivot. You mentioned Israel a moment ago. You ran, you, ran, you ran a number of things that Ukraine, Israel, and you suggested basically that Congress is not doing its job or doing what it ought to be doing to give money to Ukraine, give money to Israel. Um, do I do I take from that as a former Secretary of Defense that you don't that you don't have a critique right now of Israel in the Middle East and what they're doing and how they're doing it? Well, you know, I, I said that democracy uh, is under attack right now mm -hmm. uh, in the world uh, and to some extent here in the United States, um, and I think that when democracy uh, in Ukraine was challenged by Putin, who invaded that country, we took a stand and said, uh, you know, a dictator uh, cannot just invade another country because he doesn't like the decisions that people make about how they govern themselves. And so well, we need to be there. Uh, in Israel, uh, Hamas attacked Israel uh, because they don't want, they don't like Israel. They don't like the democracy that Israel has there. They don't want uh, an Israeli state, and so they're going to kill and destroy and rape uh, as they did, uh, and uh, try to undermine Israel. So, yeah, I think we do need to support Israel in this effort. And uh, look, you know, uh, war is hell. I understand uh, the concerns about war, and ultimately, Israel is going to have to decide uh, how they're going to continue to target. Hamas and try to get rid of the leaders in Hamas uh, and, uh, and and not have to uh, destroy uh, the rest of Gaza. I mean, that's something Israel's going to have to decide. But frankly, we do need to help support Israel because, you know, we cannot have terrorism, just like we can't have Putin, we can't have Xi in China, we can't have Kim Jong-un in North Korea, we can't have the supreme leader in Iran running uh, our our world and trying to dominate democracies in our world. We, as, as the United States, have to be a leader in the world and basically work with our allies to protect democracy, and I think that's what we're trying to do. I, I respect that, but my question was whether or not you have any critique of the way that Israel has waged this war, and I, 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 that's the part I'm pressing on. Is, is there any, I mean, I hear your point about but, us supporting, is, is there, is yeah, there any no, critique no. at all there? Look, I think <laughs> we, we all have critiques about, yeah. you know, you that's get what I'm war, asking. Yeah. Uh, we, we all have a lot of critiques about uh, how wars are fought, whether right. we're doing it or whether somebody else is doing it. And, and yeah, you know, I have critiques. I, I think they've made mistakes. Uh, the one thing we did after 9-11, uh, when we were attacked by terrorists, is we went after those terrorists. Uh, you know, I was in the CIA. We did everything we could to go after the leadership of al-Qaeda, and we were successful. We took down bin Laden. We took down the leadership of, uh, 
of, of Al Qaeda, and you know what? They never again attacked the United States of America. That's what Israel has to do with Hamas. They've got to target the leadership of Hamas and be much more refined in the way they go after uh, that leadership, because ultimately they're not going to be able to totally destroy Hamas. There are the thousands of people who are part of Hamas. So they've got to be more targeted. They've got to be concerned about making sure we provide humanitarian aid to those that are victims of this war, and they've got to get the hostages returned. Mm-hmm. So they've got to focus on on what is necessary in order to to make sure that they do survive as a democracy in that part of the world. Yep. I, I'd only add to what you um, said a moment ago that uh, after after we uh, went after al-Qaeda, they never attacked us again. They never attacked us again as yet. We ain't been attacked again as yet. Um, but I, 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 right. I, I only raise that because I'm curious as to whether, whether or not you have concerns uh, about our own vulnerability in the months and years to come. Yeah, look, this this is a dangerous world. Uh, I think, you know, the American people need to understand how dangerous it is. I mean, you've got Russia and Putin uh, who invaded a, another country and continue to, frankly, do everything they can to undermine uh, our democracy in this country. You've got Xi in China, uh, who's made clear that uh, he wants China to be the number one uh, military power in the world, uh, and he's threatening uh, to... Uh, to go after Taiwan, which is another democracy in that part of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got uh, North Korea. We've got uh, Iran. We've got terrorists like Hamas, uh, terrorists uh, that are out there who, who continue to want to attack our country. So, look, we're living in a dangerous world right now. And, you know, you're talking about somebody like Trump who doesn't believe that the United States should be a leader in the world. He believes that we ought to be isolationists. Mm-hmm. We ought to basically walk away from the world. Well, you can't do that. Yeah. You can't do that in today's world. So we need strong American leadership, strong world leadership, and we need to work with our allies if we're going to deal with this dangerous world. You mentioned your time at the CIA. Uh, I'm keeping my eye on this every day. It's 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 being covered in the in the news, but it's not really our focus right now. I'm watching what's happening in Yemen. I'm watching um, the the attacks yeah. that we that we uh, not the attacks, but the response. I should say uh, they are attacks, but they are in response to what they've done. Uh, and I'm not suggesting that we ought not do it per se, but I'm concerned about what's happening in Yemen right now. And my question is whether or not you think the CIA presence in Yemen, our military presence there, is making matters worse in the Middle East. Well, look, we, we need good intelligence uh, in order to make the right decisions. I mean, that's one thing I learned at the CIA is that uh, our responsibility is to tell truth to power. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it is important. Uh, to have good intelligence. Uh, and, and frankly, you know, I, I'm a little concerned because uh, we didn't have good intelligence, frankly, uh, on what, what Putin did in Ukraine. Uh, we thought uh, Putin would uh, prevail, and he didn't. Uh, we, we didn't have good, I mean, frankly, Israelis did not have good intelligence on Hamas and what they were threatening to do. Uh, so, so we need to improve our intelligence as to what our adversaries are up to. And uh, look, uh, the Houthis are a terrorist group. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what they're about. They're going to attack and kill innocent men, women, and children. Uh, they're going after shipping in the Red Sea. The United States has to stand up to that. We can't allow them to do that. And that's what we're doing with these attacks. So, look, I, I support what the United States is doing in trying to protect 
uh, commerce in the Red Sea, but more importantly, trying to protect democracy in that part of the world. I've got two minutes left. I want to close on talking about the Panetta Institute, but just one, one quick, uh, one quick uh, thing here. You mentioned that Israel, to your mind, didn't have good intelligence on Hamas. You saw those New York Times stories that I saw, Ms. Panetta, that Israel did know what Hamas is up to, and BBM looked the other way. They, they didn't take it seriously, but they were, they were, they were apprised ahead of time uh, that Hamas was planning an attack on them. That, that's a New York Times front-page story. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I saw that story. I'm sure there were people that were aware of that. Yeah. But uh, I, can, I just cannot imagine that they really expected that Hamas was going to yeah. conduct the kind of attack that they did. Yeah. Well, they did, sadly, and we are dealing with what we're dealing with right now, sadly, as well. Um, i got 90 seconds left. Um, tell me about the work of the Panetta Institute and how it's coming along. Well, look, we've talked about a lot of things, but the most important thing about this country is we need a new generation of leaders for the future. Man, do we need yes, a new and yes, younger yes. generation of leaders <laughs> in both parties, yes. uh, the Republican Party and the Democratic Party. And so what the Panetta Institute tries to do is to build that new generation of leaders, make them understand that they have a duty to our democracy to participate, make them understand that uh, they do have a role in protecting our democracy. These kids right now, unfortunately, are turned off. They look at Washington, see the dysfunction, see the divisiveness, the polarization. And so a lot of these young people uh, aren't paying attention to our democracy. We're trying to wake them up and make them understand that they have to be the leaders of the future. Over 50 years of public service and counting, uh, even as a private citizen, he's uh, uh, still doing his part. His name is Leon Panetta. Of course, he was White House Chief of Staff. He was Secretary of Defense Department, at one point a member of Congress. So many roles he has played over the course of that 50-plus years uh, in the public arena, and we are always delighted to engage him in dialogue and get his point of view on the world that we are trying to navigate, and it ain't pretty these days. Secretary Panetta, good to have you on, sir. All the best to you. Thank you for your time. Tavis, it's uh, good to be with you. Uh, continue to punch. Uh, I think it's important to wake up the American people. Thank you, sir. More of Tavis Smiley when we come forward. Seeking the truth. The truth. Speaking, Speaking the truth. The truth. This, this is the Tavis, Tavis Smiley, Smiley Show. Show.